Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Where do you go in your life to find life, sustenance, and fulfillment? Jesus declared that He is the bread of life. It is only in Jesus Christ that we can have any true fulfillment or joy or life of any kind. It is only in Jesus that we can have eternal life. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 6 and look at our incredible Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning. Welcome to another teaching. It is uh, Friday morning here in Texas, and uh, hopefully y'all are just rocking in Jesus, Jason, just uh, spending time with Jesus. We say it over and over. There is nothing in our lives that is of greater benefit to us than growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord, giving ourselves to knowing him and walking with him and and obeying him, Um, having times of repentance where we know that we have areas of our life that are that are out of place. And by out of place, I mean when we have behavior, whether in our thoughts, our words or our actions, that's not in line with the Bible. That's not in line with the Holy Scriptures. And we just go before Jesus as Christians and we acknowledge to him that, uh, you know, that we've been out of line. And, you know, we ask him to to help us to live a more righteous and holy and Christ-like life in in every aspect of our life. Um, And there's really nothing in the world that's of greater benefit to us than that, than just growing in our devotion and our devotional life with Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior. So, and we're going to see that in today's teaching. Today, we're continuing in John 6. Um, We're going to do verses 41 to 51, Lord willing. I'm going to go ahead and read it and uh, we will get rolling. So Father, we do thank you for your mercy, your favor, and your goodness on our lives. We we thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you for your love. Father, we thank you for the holy scriptures, Lord. We thank you that we have the living word of God. We thank you that we have the holy Bible that you've given to us, Father, to teach us to instruct us, to correct us, to train us to be like Jesus. And Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and God and King. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you. We thank you for becoming a human man for us, living a perfect life for us, and dying a perfect death for us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we As we open the Holy Scriptures, we ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. want to uh, just give a shout out and a blessing to my beautiful wife, May, as she's going and she's uh, coordinating all the worship for a a women's conference, a Moms in the Making conference. Um, And these are ladies who are you know, who are generally um, having trouble, you know, conceiving. 
and they they desire to have children. And there's this amazing conference with uh, with 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 testimonies of what the Lord has done, and so they're partaking in that. And Father, we do ask you to bless this conference. We pray your favor and your blessing and your your mercy on this conference, Father. Above all, Father, we pray that every lady at this conference, Lord, would first, Lord, get filled up with more Jesus, Lord, that they would be pregnant with Jesus, so to speak, that that Jesus, Lord, would just would overwhelm them and fill them, Lord, and Lord, that there would be a, a birth of spiritual life in all these women, Lord, um, that they would come into deeper and more intimate spiritual life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Father, I pray that that the overflow of that would be physical life, Lord, that they would be able to to conceive children, Lord, and have children and raise godly children um, for Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we ask you to bless this conference. We commit it into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Verse 41. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Very powerful verses. There are some confusing verses here. There are, um, there are, there are those who have um, confused, I believe, verse verses 51 and really much of this chapter to be talking about Holy Communion. Um, in verse 51, where he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. These verses have been mistaken um, in a belief that Jesus was somehow speaking about the sacrament of communion when we receive Holy Communion. And because of that, I mean, over the years, I mean, people have taken, you know, the, the Holy Communion bread and they've, they've given it to small children. They've given it to infants. They've given it to babies. They even gave it to dead people because they somehow misinterpreted that this verse was saying that, if you go to church 
and you take the, the holy bread from the pastor or the priest or whatever way your church does communion, that in that way, you'd be eating the flesh of Jesus. And in that way, you would have life. That is in no way what Jesus is saying here. Um, we don't come into spiritual life. We do not come into everlasting life. We don't come into eternal life from participating in communion. Okay. Uh, communion is a, sacra a sacrament that the Lord has given us. Um, Paul speaks about it in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. He gives us instructions on how to do it. Jesus himself gave us very clear instructions that, that we are to partake in communion. And when we do it, we're to remember him. We're to remember that his body was broken for us. We're to remember that Jesus gave his life for us, Mandy. We're, rem we're to remember that, uh, that he shed his blood on our behalf. And that by trusting in him and relying on him and clinging to him, because that's what it means to believe in him, we would have the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, and we would come into spiritual life. We would come into everlasting life, eternal life. And, and that comes from, from believing and receiving Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior. So in verse 51, when he said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven, I guess, uh, you know, we'll go backwards to forwards here. I don't normally do this, but look at verse 49. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. Okay. So if you remember, they had asked him, they had quoted scripture to him and they had said, you know, our forefathers, you know, ate the manna in the desert and Moses gave it to them. And they were trying to, you know, manipulate Jesus to feed them again. He had just fed the 5,000 men, scholars say up to 20,000 people. And now the next day they were wanting him to feed him again. Um, and so they're quoting scripture where, you know, through Moses, God had given the people manna from, from heaven on six days um, to, to feed them, to sustain them physical food. And that's what these people were, were looking for. Jesus is making it clear that, that they don't need physical food. What they really need is spiritual food. They don't need physical bread that sustains them physically. What they really need is the spiritual bread, Jesus Christ himself, that will give them life spiritually. Does that make sense? So he says to them in verse 49, your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. Verse 50, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And that was having his flesh, his body crucified for the life of the world. When he was nailed to the cross, he gave his flesh for the life of the world. So it, this is such a, a massively important concept because they are... They are remembering in the Old Testament again 
when, you know, when under Moses, God gave them bread every morning to sustain them. He did it six days a week. And then on the, on the uh, sixth day, he gave enough bread for two days. But Jesus is telling them they died because they were given physical bread to sustain them physically, but yet they still died. He's telling these people that I am the bread of life, okay? They ate bread that, that gave them physical sustenance, but it didn't give them spiritual life. It didn't give them everlasting life. It didn't give them eternal life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. So you remember in the Old Testament, under Moses, God gave them manna from heaven that came from heaven, and it appeared in the morning on the grass, and they would eat it to give them tempor temporary physical sustenance. Jesus says, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven. So he came down from heaven, which is a, 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 an overwhelming statement. Okay. He came down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. So are you seeing the contrast? And the bread that he came down from heaven to give is the bread of life. Right. He says, verse 48, I am the bread of life. They ate that bread and died. Even though they ate that bread, death still came. But if you, if you come and receive Jesus, if you feed on Jesus in your spirit, it's a spiritual feeding. When you receive Jesus, you take spiritual life into yourself. You become spiritually alive and the spirit of Jesus joins himself with your spirit. And you become one with Jesus. You actually become part of the body of Christ, the living, pulsating, powerful, spiritual body of Jesus Christ. It, it's amazing. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pow, pow, pow. All right. So that was 48 to 51. Let's, let's go back up to verse 41 now. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. Um, you notice again, Jesus is saying overwhelming statements that they cannot see. And it's really, it's, it's irritating them. They can't agree. They're grumbling amongst themselves. They're arguing. They're, they can't agree on what's, what's even happening here. We were having Bible study. We were talking about how, you know, why does Jesus persist in this line of thinking? Jesus knows that certainly they don't really understand what he's saying. They don't understand it hardly at all. But yet he, he persists in this, uh, in this line of teaching. Um, and and that's, that says something, you know, Jesus is telling them, precisely what they need. And even though they don't like it, he continues in it. Look what they say. Verse 42, they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say I came down from heaven? 
So once again, they are they are their minds are completely dominated in the physical realm. Jesus is consistently, y'all, consistently, Jason, trying to get our minds onto the spiritual realm. And yet, you know, we are consistently wrapped and in, in, in really dominated by this, this physical realm. So they have no concept of this. And it is quite a statement, he said. I am the bread that came down from heaven. That word Jesus says, I am. Right is the word is the word for God in Exodus, where when uh, Moses said, "Who shall I say sent me?" and God says, "Tell him I am who I am sent you." How can he say it? Right? What are you talking about that you came down from heaven? We know your father. We know your brother. Um, you know. What are you talking about? You came down from heaven. They had no concept that the Savior would grow up amongst them. You know, they had an idea that the Savior would come on the clouds in in like a, a mighty form. And Jesus will, when he returns, come back in a mighty, in a mighty conquering king way. But he came the first time as a suffering servant. And they did not, they had no concept of this. Again, they were looking for an amazing, strong, political, military leader that would bring Israel back to its former glory and get Israel out from under the the occupation of Rome. And that's not why Jesus came. Uh, He came the first time as a suffering servant to give his body for the sins of the world, to suffer and die on the cross for the sins of the world. But he'll come the next time as a conquering king. Verse 43. Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. How many words is that? One, two, three, four, five, six words is the whole verse. Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. And and I'm telling you, he's saying that to us today in the church. We grumble amongst ourselves far too much. Okay? We need to agree on the truth. This has been said over and over um, that as a body of Christ, right, we are very fractured. You know, there, there are different counts, right? But there are like 1,100 established denominations in Christianity. Some say much more. 1,100, right? How many can you name? Like five or six? A Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Anglican, right? Uh, Lutheran. Now go now add n- another uh, 1,094, and you'll get to how many denominations there are. We, we, we can't get along. And that's why we have all these denominations. We're not going to have denomination in heaven. We're not. We're not going to have the Baptists over here, the Catholics over here, the Methodists over here, Episcopalians over here. Let's throw the Presbyterians over here. Um, you know, all of these things are our man-made divisions because we can't get along. And, and it's because we grumble among ourselves. Now, make no mistake, we have to agree on the essentials. We have to, right? The essentials of the word of God, the essentials that you can have life and forgiveness of sins in no one but Christ alone. Only in Jesus Christ can a human being come into spiritual life, have their sins forgiven, 
have relationship with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and ultimately go to heaven. That cannot happen except in Jesus Christ. So whatever religion you are today, make sure Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, that the center of your life is Christ, because that is an essential, the entire Bible revolves around that, okay? The Bible says all human beings are sinful. Every human being is corrupted with sin. Everyone is done wrong. We're all hopeless, helpless, and desperate, and we all need a savior. God has given his word, okay? The Bible says it claims in itself to be the living word of God, and it's flawless. It's inerrant. It's, it's God's very word to us, okay? That's a non-negotiable. Jesus Christ is God, full-blown God. That's a non-negotiable. We have a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three separate beings, all God. That's non-negotiable. Okay? We have to agree on these essentials. Okay, No need to grumble about them. It's just it's what the scripture teaches. It's plain. But things we don't agree on, right? Things that, that aren't as, as essential, okay? The type of worship we do in our church, okay? Some people like hymns. Some people like contemporary songs. You know, some people like certain lyrics that point forward to some things. Other people want only lyrics that are basically written in the Bible or in the Psalms. That, that's not an essential, okay? Um, you know, some, some churches, most churches do topical teaching. I prefer expository teaching. As you see how we're going verse by verse by verse by verse by verse. That's not an essential. Okay. Um, you know, the paint on the walls in the church, where you hang the cross in the church, how many TVs you have. Do you have a coffee bar or not? These are not essentials. Okay. It's obviously ridiculous. But believe it or not, people go church to church to church. We go all these different places, you know, so we could, you know, because we, we, we have, we're so needy as a church, frankly, that all of these things matter to us when all that should matter is that I want to go to the church and worship the son of God, right? I want to worship Jesus. I want to worship my father. I want to worship the Holy Spirit, and I want to hear the Word of God taught with clarity and power. That's all that matters. So let's stop grumbling among ourselves. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry that I've been a part of that grumbling. I can grumble with the best of them sometimes, Lord. So I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive us as a body, Lord, and help us to stop grumbling among ourselves. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, obviously, they're grumbling among themselves because they don't understand what he's saying. They don't understand. They don't like it. He's saying things that don't make sense to them. And because of that, they're grumbling. And I'll say again, that's the case, and certainly in the church today. Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Look at him. He's just, he's just, he's adding on to it. Look at this truth. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So you see this, 
the cooperation of the Trinity in the work of redemption. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, no one can come to me, Tom, no one, unless the Father who sent me draws him. And this drawing is like an alluring. It's like a wooing, okay? It's not a forceful thing. It's not the Father that's just, you know, arresting you and physically bringing you in a way that, that you have no choice in the matter, okay? The, the Father is drawing you wherever you are today. The Father's drawing you to Jesus Christ. If you're listening to this, the Father is drawing you to Jesus Christ. The Father draws him. See, you, you can't get anywhere without God the Father drawing you. How do you know that the Father's drawing you? You know you need a Savior. You know that you're sinful. You know that you're hopeless and helpless and desperate and you're, you're in fear for your soul. That's how you know the Father's drawing you, is that he's drawing you to Jesus, the Savior of the world, for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, that you might have spiritual life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Look what Jesus says. And I will raise him up at the last day. <laughs> it's a pretty strong statement. He didn't say the Father would raise him up. He said, the Father will draw you, and Jesus said, and I will raise him up at the last day, okay? You'll be resurrected if you're in Christ, and you're genuinely trusting in him, relying on him, believing to him, clinging to him as your only Lord and Savior. Call it out to him, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinful person. Lord, I believe you are the Son of God. And that you came and lived a perfect life for me. And that you died that torturous death on the cross for me, Jesus. And I believe you're alive and risen. And Lord Jesus, I, I ask you, I humbly ask you to come into my heart. I desperately ask you to be the Lord of my life. To save me from my sin. To bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my confidence and trust and hope and faith in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Uh, Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not the words that save us. It's knowing your desperate need of Jesus and then running to him. And out of that desperation, out of that understanding, you earnestly desire Jesus Christ and call out to him knowing that he's your only hope. Hmm. Jesus said he'll, he will raise you up on the last day and he'll raise me up if you're in Christ. You'll be raised up. You'll be given a, a resurrected body, an immortal body. Right now we have a mortal body, Stephen. You'll be given an immortal body. Verse 45, it is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Now, this is big. I believe he's quoting Isaiah 54, could be verse 13 here, when it says, when he says, it is written, he's talking about, it is written in the scriptures. And I'll, we'll note again that Jesus is quoting the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus believed the Bible is the word of God. He believed it. He quoted it as the word of God. 
He's the one who wrote it. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. So look, let's look at that scripture, Corinne. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. So you are not listening to God the Father because everyone, and that Greek word for everyone means everyone I've said before, everyone who listens to the Father, whatever religion you are today, okay? If, if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Hindu, if you're an atheist, if you're an agnostic, all those are religions, mind you, okay? If, if, if you call yourself a Christian, it says that if, you, if you're really listening to the Father, the only way you know that you're listening to the Father is that you've come to Jesus and you walk with Jesus and you're growing to know Jesus because he says they will be taught by God. How do you want to know if you're taught by God? Again, he's quoting this verse. Again, I believe it's Isaiah 54, I think verse 13. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father. So if you're being taught by God, the way you know you're being taught by God, the Father, is that you've come to Jesus. If you have not come to Jesus, you have not been taught by God the Father. These are his words. He quotes the Old Testament scripture. It is written, the prophets, they will be taught by God, Leah. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him. I love that statement, and learns from him. Because sometimes, sometimes my father's talking and I'm not listening, Bobby. Sometimes God is speaking, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I'm not paying attention because my mind is elsewhere. My desires are elsewhere. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. But here's the certainty that the only way you know that you have been taught anything at all by God the Father, any person anywhere in the world, is if it involves coming to Jesus, knowing Jesus, receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and growing to know him. Because everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Profound. 46, no one has seen the Father. So Jesus wants to clean this up too. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit existed before creation, before time. They existed in eternity past which is an impossible concept to understand. But no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. So Jesus is not created by the Father. He knows the perfect character of the Father because the Father, Son, Holy Spirit all are God. They all are perfect. They all are all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent. And so only Jesus that came into the earth knows, has seen the Father, and knows the heart of the Father perfectly because he's one with the Father in the fact that he's God as well. 
No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Verse 47, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. And the word believes here means to trust in, rely on, to cling to, to have your full confidence in Jesus Christ, trusting in his death, believing in his resurrection, and you will have everlasting life. And again, we've already done 48 to 51. I am the bread of life. That's him. So this, what do you believe? You have to believe he's the bread of life. To believe, you have to believe in Jesus according to what he's saying. Part of the problem is people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in him according to what the scriptures teach and according to what he's saying. Okay, To believe in Jesus is not to simply give intellectual assent to the existence of Jesus. Yes, of course he existed. He's a historical figure. So look at how he, he says this. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. What do you believe? 48. I am the bread of life. Okay, so there's number one, that Jesus is what you need. Every human being in the world, I am the bread of life. This is what you believe. That Jesus Christ himself, God, became a human man. He's the bread of life. He's the only, the only sustenance for your spiritual death. He's the only solution to give you spiritual life. Only in Jesus Christ do you have spiritual life, which he calls everlasting life. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Only Jesus and clinging to, trusting in, relying on, having your full confidence in Jesus Christ, you have everlasting life because he's the bread of life. He's using this metaphor of bread because it's something we have every day, right? We need food to sustain us physically. But he's the bread of life spiritually that we might have spiritual life. And it's only in spiritual life that we have eternal life and everlasting life. These bodies don't last forever. They're broken. They break down. They just have problems, right? Everywhere. But it's only, it's only a, a, a spirit being. It's only when you come into spiritual life, it's your spirit and your soul that will live for eternity in Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, regrettably, the Bible teaches the only other place is hell, where you're separated from the triune God for all eternity. And then we talked about how he said, I'm the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the man in the desert. They died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die, y'all. So have you given yourself to Jesus Christ? Are you relying on Jesus Christ, God? Are you trusting in him? Relying on him, desperately knowing your need of him, Leanne, for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. Abraham, are you relying on Jesus 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And to eat of this bread is to partake of Jesus spiritually, to know and receive him into your heart, into your spirit as your only Lord and Savior. To eat of Jesus is to trust in him, to rely on him, to 
to, 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 to fellowship with him, to receive him as your savior, right? And again, we, we gave you the prayer earlier that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but you do that out of this desperate longing and you know your need of Jesus. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world, not the life of a few people, not the life of the Jews, not the life of, 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 of Christians or uh, Buddhists or Muslims or uh, Hindus, for the life of the world. Every one of us needs the life that comes from Jesus Christ, and he calls himself the bread of life, right? He's the bread that comes down from heaven. 48, I am the bread of life. So have you, have you partaken with Jesus? Again, this is not talking about Holy Communion. Holy Communion is a good thing. We need to do it. We should do it. It's a benefit to us. It's a blessing to us. It's, the sacrament is a, just a wonderful reminder. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. When we take communion, we, we remember all that Jesus has done for us, the incredible suffering that he did on our behalf, the incredible love that he did, that God the Son of his own will came into the world and lived his life for us and, 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 and was tortured for us and died on the cross and he's alive and risen. And we, we remember that in taking Holy Communion. But that Holy Communion doesn't save us. Holy Communion doesn't bring us to heaven. Going to heaven is when you, when you have to, to humble yourself and abase yourself and know that, the, that you and I are just wretched sinners, vile sinners, desperate sinners that need a savior. And if we'll run to Jesus and put our full faith and confidence and trust in him, fully knowing there's no other way. This is my flesh. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Mm. Give your life to Jesus today. And if you are a Christian and, you and you're sure you have given your life to Jesus, then let's start living for him a little more. Let's start loving for him a little more. Let's start giving for him and forgiving for him. Let's, let's live a life of devotion in Jesus. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. We just thank you, Lord, that, um, that we have the privilege of studying your word and meditating on your word, teaching your word, Lord, obeying your word. We just thank you for the incredible word of God. Above all, Father, we thank you for the Son of God who you sent because you loved us so much to die for the sins of the world that we might be forgiven of our sin and have life have spiritual and everlasting and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you would draw the world unto you. I pray you would draw the entire world unto you, Father, that all would be saved and come to know Jesus as their only Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come. We say, come, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we go forth. Again, we ask for eyes that see and ears that hear. We worship you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.